Welcome to the 12th House Podcast, where we make the unseen seen. I'm Michelle, the head witch in charge at Holisticism, and I'm delighted that you're listening to this in your ear holes. How fun. In this episode, we're talking with Amanda Huggins, an intuitive anxiety coach, about all things anxiety and intuition and how to navigate between the two. I love Amanda because she approaches her work with empathy and enthusiasm and hilarity, and she doesn't take herself too seriously, which I freaking love. And I know you're going to just soak up this conversation. We tried to answer as many questions as we could that came into our text line. Thanks to everyone who wrote in. You had brilliant questions. And if you ever have feedback or questions or ideas about what you want to see on this podcast, shoot us a text at the number in the show notes. We actually get them and we actually read them. (laughs) Before we jump into the episode with Amanda, Wallace and I are going to pop in and talk a little bit about what we're up to at Holisticism this month. Hi, Wallace. Hey, what's up? (laughs) I'm really excited for today's episode on anxiety versus intuition with Amanda Huggins. Me too. Anyone who's viral on TikTok, I would like to hear for a long period of time talk about (laughs) pretty much anything. Yeah, like definitely longer than 15 seconds, definitely longer than 60 seconds. It's funny, we kind of talked offline about her going viral on TikTok because Amanda is an anxiety coach and one of her TikToks blew up with her talking about anxiety. And she was like, I have a little bit of anxiety about, <laughs> about going viral, but she actually talks through it on this episode and how, you know, she like, she coached herself through it, but a meta anxiety experience. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but I'm excited for everyone to listen to it because we got a bunch of good questions about anxiety and intuition and all that good stuff through our new texting platform, which is something that we've what, been what? <laughs> something we've been working on at the end of the year. Because quarter four for us at Holisticism on the team is like a fun quarter because we got everything done that we wanted to get done in quarters one, two, and three. So now we just get to play, which is really cool. And this is one of the ways that we're playing. So if you want to text us, we'll put the number in the show notes, or you can just text 818-699-9735. We text back, like literally it goes to my phone and you pop up as a text. So don't send news, (laughs) send actual (laughs) questions. (laughs) But that's been a fun thing that I'm excited about working. Tasteful nudes only. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure your nudes are great. But Wallace, what have you been up to? What are you excited about working on in quarter four? Honestly, I'm excited about this podcast because we are launching with these four episodes that we're putting out and I couldn't be more excited. There's so many things that I want to cover throughout these podcasts and that we're going to touch on over the next year or so. And we have so much good content coming up. I'm just really stoked to be along for the ride and help birth this, this new holisticism baby. (laughs) It's been so fun and just so cool to see it come together. I can't wait to talk about cults, you know, just Mm -hmm. like (laughs) cults and the occult and also business. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so excited. Also, I'm honestly excited to meet up together as a team. We've only met virtually and it's been several months now that we've all been in different places and we're all going to be back in LA together in November and able to actually meet up face-to-face, which is 
exciting. It's going to be so fun. And it's also really wild that we've all never met before. Thais and I worked remotely and Thais and I have been working together for the last year. And then Janelle and Wallace, you guys joined the team, you know, in the middle of the year and we've just been texting and on zoom and it feels like we all know each other, but to see that you have bodies underneath your heads will be like truly incredible, you know? <laughs> oh, that is what your torso looks like. Okay. Exactly. Wow. That's nice. You have feet. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know. It feels very 2020 to not have met each other, but feel like we know each other via the internet. So yeah. Yeah. It will be nice to meet up in LA, socially distant, obviously super safe, obviously, but to just like know that each other exist in 3d is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. we got the 5d part covered. <laughs> Exactly. We can read each other's minds. So we're good there. But <laughs> yeah. And then speaking of November, we've got a lot coming in the North Node that we're working on this month about getting unstuck because it's been like, I don't, I don't know, we've been like running on trauma for the last nine months or something. And I think a lot of people are hitting the wall and feeling like just almost paralyzed by either indecision or fatigue or fear or something else. So we're focusing on getting some momentum in November in the North Node to like take us into 2021 and make it feel really good. Yeah. I also like the idea of thinking about the last two months, November and December of this year as opportunities to really set up 2021 and not get to the beginning of January and feel like you're going to set up all these unrealistic expectations and goals. So why not start now and actually think about what you want for the next, whether it's quarter or year ahead. I also reject the mainstream like goals for January. It just feels (laughs) too much. Yeah. Like we should cancel those. Cancel January goals, cancel January weight loss, cancel signing up for gym memberships, all of that stuff. Like we don't need it in 2021. We're not taking that with us into 2021. It is kind of like cool. And it feels really fun for the last part of the year to just be about having fun Mm -hmm. and like future casting. If that's like creating magic, right. For like, Whoa, how fucking dope can my next year be? And like, what do I maybe need to get in alignment so I can just full on like start on January 1st or start now, you know? Yeah. And and what can I do to switch up the moment? I feel like in, you know, on a micro level in my average workday, when I need to switch up the momentum, I'll stop and dance or (laughs) I'll be like for the next five minutes, I'm just going to dance my heart out. And that always gets me into a new rhythm, a new pattern and shakes up the energy. So I really resonate with having more fun. How do we have as much fun as possible throughout the end of the year and allow kind of what needs to come up to come up through actually having a good time. Totally. And like beyond taking that phrase beyond just the end of the year, like it's more fun to have fun, right? Mm -hmm. Like let's just make everything as fun as we possibly can. And, and like we, you know, we pulled some cards for the last thing that we launched IWA and we pulled the comic card. So we really took a cue from that and like trying to make it as fun and wacky and weird as we possibly could. But I do think that that card is kind of just like how we operate, period. Mm-hmm. The jester. The year yeah, of the jester. The year of mm-hmm. the gift. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the year of the meme. Like that. Mm-hmm. I'm super down. Let's like, I feel like that's kind of what this podcast is all about. It's like taking the self-seriousness and like, 
how quote unquote wellness can be up its own ass. Mm -hmm. And like, let's just have some fun with it and not take ourselves so seriously and be so precious with our time or our well being. Life's too important to be taken seriously. Yeah. Like, do we know if Spencer Pratt takes himself seriously or not? I'm not sure. I actually feel like Spencer's in on the joke. Like, I feel like he he actually is pretty cool. He's playing into it. He knows his brand. He's going for it. Cool. Well, thanks for updating us on what the team's up to, Wallace. And we will pop into this episode with Amanda. Amanda. Hi. Welcome to the 12th house. It's so good to talk to you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and very (laughs) curious to see how this conversation develops. (laughs) Me too. So far, so So good, good. I would say. (laughs) Amanda Huggins is an anxiety coach, mindfulness teacher, a real gem of a Virgo, if I do say so. Amanda, how would you introduce yourself in an elevator? I would say whatever Michelle just said works for me, <laughs> but I would say generally the same thing. I'm an anxiety coach, but underneath that, I like to work with people to help them see their fears and understand where they are self-limiting. And we figure that out through like real world things like, okay, let's do this differently. And mm. more of the softer esoteric spiritual things like, no, 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 let's actually start working with your soul rather than your brain all the time. Ooh, love that. You said the S word, mm. soul, which is one of my favorites because what we're talking about today is intuition versus anxiety. Maybe not versus is the correct like way that we should frame it up because yeah. I don't know if they're like always in direct competition with each other, but like intuition and anxiety kind of feel like very closely related siblings or something or family members. They are like family members, but it's like, there's a lot of similarities and they come up, they like to visit the same areas of our life. The discernment process, I think you're right. It's not intuition versus anxiety. The framing actually is more like, is this my intuition or is this my anxiety? And Mm. the simplest way of discerning is understanding who you are at your core and using that as your to use your phrasing, like your North node, your your guiding light. However, that's a really big question for someone who's already struggling with, is this intuition or anxiety? And then you're like, okay, well, also, who are you? Uh, <laughs> right. Super casual. No big deal. <laughs> so while you know, simple, but not easy, right? So like, how do you actually become more discretionary? I think there's, there's smaller, more actionable ways to start learning for yourself what the differences are. Right. And you're so right bringing it like with the discernment idea of how do I tell the difference between intuition and anxiety and really like, it's almost the framing of it more than anything. I don't know about you, but like in my twenties, I had no idea who I was. I went through this horrible breakup that totally like Honestly, we should probably, we could probably do a whole other podcast on breakups and relationships and what that does to your psyche. But I felt like I'd been, everything that I'd believed in and everything that I thought was true had been flipped on its head. And I remember so vividly like walking around New York and being like, I have no idea. People told me like, well, what did your gut say? 
basically, let me give you the super short version of the story. But this guy I dated for like five years had been cheating on me the entire time. Mm. And it was very sad. But we totally like talked about getting married and spending our lives together. And I was like, There's this, this can't possibly be true. But it was. And so many people were like, well, didn't your gut tell you? Didn't your gut give you an, inf- like, didn't you know? And I felt like such an idiot because I didn't. And I, I had clues and ideas, but I didn't. And then when I got out of that relationship, I was like, I literally have no idea what my intuition yeah. is supposed to be telling me. Like, I have no clue. So do you feel like, did that happen to you? Like, how did you get so into <laughs> with your anxiety versus your intuition? So probably unsurprisingly, same, same, but different process, like traumatic relationship. I wouldn't even call it a breakup so much as it was like a year and a half of like, are we broken up? No, we're not. Do we hate each other? Maybe. <laughs> oh, so like a really healthy it was, it was extremely healthy. <laughs> but the way, like in those moments, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but the most concise version of this is like intuition, it runs in parallel in my mind with boundaries. Like Mm. we don't know where we need to set boundaries until they've been overstepped for the most part. Totally. And so, you know, even just think about who you, and I'll speak for myself, who I was in that type of relationship. I wasn't connected to my intuition previously because I wasn't connected to my soul or my, my deeper needs for myself. So in that moment for me to, or those moments to say, Hey, is this my intuition? That wasn't even a thought Totally. And in fact, as painful as that whole experience was, that was the crack that actually allowed me to connect to my intuition, right? So you have to like push the limit and then you get to look back at the learnings and you're like, oh, no, no. Okay. So now is where I get to actually practice this stuff. Yeah. I think that's also a personality type, right? And I think you and I are pretty similar Mm. in our personalities where it's like, I have to learn the hard way. Like really have to learn the hard way a little less now, but definitely the last 10 years of my life, like I had to get smacked around by my lessons and it was really painful. But I think like what you just said about discovering your intuition through a traumatic experience or a really horrible earth shattering breakup or something else. I think that's how most people come to their intuition and also how most people come to well-being. They go through this like dark night of the soul where they're like, well, this is the worst. And they come out on the other side looking for a way to prevent that from happening in the future. And that's what like leads them to wellness. Yeah. I, I fully agree with you. And just to comment on like, our dominant personality trait, which is like, let me be very cerebral about this and like get the lesson 17 times. So I understand it. (laughs) The Virgo in me is like, yes, but we need that. (laughs) And also it doesn't always have to be that hard, but I will say both in personal practice and just with working with clients, I don't think like understanding or connecting with your intuition, it is meant to be a simple process, but because we are so human, it doesn't always Mm. seem easy. And I think that's something that I've noticed come up a lot lately, interestingly, because like the pandemic has happened. And so we're all forced to be inside quite literally now inside Mm. of our own minds way more than we were in the past. So even for someone who hasn't had like the big traumatic thing or the big firing from a job or something that cracks them open, 
there's a lot of people who are getting like those micro glimpses now where it's like, Ooh, it's quiet in here. And then very loud up here in my mind. And that the discomfort of that noise, when we can lean into it and start to parse out like, all right, how much of this is my victim energy? How much of this is like my drama queen and really look at like, "Mm -mm, there are some clear messages here that I'm ignoring. That's a great straight shoot to your intuition. Definitely. And like not to be a white man saying not to play devil's advocate, but but like this time, this during the COVID-19 pandemic of 2020 has been so crazy, traumatic, insane. Like even I think people who don't normally don't struggle with anxiety or depression are feeling those things now. And again, it's like, well, how do I know that this isn't just anxiety because the entire future feels up in the air because it is versus, oh, this is just the first time I've been able to like be quiet and I can't distract myself by going to work or going to the gym or going out or like I already binged everything on Netflix. So now I just have to be in my own head and like face myself. And I feel like honestly, from when I talk to people, they're like, every day I kind of oscillate between the two. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I I think like that thread that you're going on is really interesting because also same, definitely (laughs) oscillate between the two, but even in this conversation, we're still talking about Mm -hmm. the thinking of it. It's like, this is what I think I'm doing or how I think I'm feeling. And I'm going to measure my day based on what's happened Mm -hmm. or hasn't happened. It's all very like, as it needs to be right. We need to do our check-ins, but it's still like a little external based. I think a big part of intuition is practicing it. And I kind of hesitate with that word practice because there's this other part of me that's like, it's like breathing. You know what I mean? It's not something like you have right, to learn like how to do it. You're not practicing. Right. It's more, it, it, you know what it really is, is the practice of allowing yourself to like screw up a little bit. Like I'm going to follow what might be an intuitive hit. I might get burned. It might not be. Or it, maybe it is an intuitive hit. And now I have a visceral experience that I can associate with cool. That is what my intuition feels like, but that has to come more through action, Mm -hmm. you know? Totally. And, and you have to feel, I think that part of intuition too, is being okay, looking stupid or Mm -hmm. feeling stupid, even being like, I don't really know the answer to this as someone who's totally like, I want to say recovering perfectionist, but I don't think I'm like actually in recovery. I think I really very much am on the precipice of perfectionism. Like you have to feel okay looking, you just have to get over that you're going to look dumb sometimes. And that sometimes you need to say, I got to trust my gut or I have to trust my intuition or like my stomach is telling me, no, we should turn left here. Or I need to cancel this meeting and I don't know why, but I just need to cancel it. And potentially dealing with the fallout of that. But like knowing you're going to be okay. I love the way that you explain that because it's, you're speaking to the other connection that intuition plugs into, which is deep self-worth versus self-abandonment, right? Because that's what it is when we are consistently ignoring that inner call is we're abandoning like soul self. Oh, right. Yeah. We're basically like gaslighting our soul. Oh, I I am my number one (laughs) gaslighter. I, I joke, I, I, you were a fly on the wall with my friends last weekend. I was like, I have a little Amanda inside of me. She's shrunk measurably. I mean, maybe she's a fraction of the size, but this little gaslighter inside of me is like, well, <laughs> maybe you're wrong. And, uh, what a you know, I share that because, 
ass you are. <laughs> I, I share that because it's like, it is my profession to work with people to manage their anxiety and connect with their soul. And you will never be 100% perfect at it because mm-hmm. you are human, right? So like to your point about being okay with messing up, it's like the more okay with yourself you are in all circumstances, the more okay you're going to become with messing up with your intuition. Right. We're right. following it, I, I suppose. Really Exactly. And I think the, like, the more maybe if, you, if there are mess ups or whatever, they kind of like lead to cool things. And then you're like, was that just my intuition making me make a mistake? So this cool thing would happen? Who knows? Like it's, it's also never, it's usually never as catastrophic as you think it's going to be when you're like, oh my God, this is the end of everything. When you're able to keep anxiety at bay and not let that get in your head and be like, yes, you're the worst. You deserve to be canceled. Like you should just delete yourself off the internet and you should quit everything you're doing when you can be like, hold off buddy. Just like, give me a second with my intuition to make the right choice. And usually, I mean, for me, that just means like taking a breath and taking some time. Cause I notice that anxiety has a lot of the same symptoms of like white supremacy culture in there's this really good, I'll send you this article and I'll also link to it in the show notes, but there's this great article about white supremacy culture at work and the symptoms of it that show up in our workplace. And there are so many good ones, but one is sense of urgency, this like sense of urgency that everything needs to get done immediately. And like, we don't have time and we need to do it and it has to get done. And that's actually not true. It's very rarely true unless you're like saving lives. And I notice that my anxiety loves to live in that place. Yeah, that is fascinating. You're turning on so many light bulbs for me. The other thing too, and I, this may be in the book, obviously, or the podcast, whatever it was, I haven't read or listened to it yet and will immediately. Another thing that anxiety does is it like projects the future in the worst potential mm-hmm. light possible, right? Which uh, you could argue happens with white supremacy as well as like, yeah. this is the future. You should be scared. Right. Join us. Nonsense. And you said something earlier, like about how your intuition might lead you to some, the mess ups actually might lead you somewhere cool. And perhaps that was all a part of the divine plan. And there might be a couple of like very, very stringent Virgos <laughs> in here who will be the outliers, but how often just pull away intuition, spirituality, all of this stuff, pull it out for a second. Just look at like anything you've done process wise in your life. Has a big birthday plan ever gone moment by moment, person by person, everything happened exactly as you wanted or a project at work. No, there's a million variables and we lose so much emotional investment in the projection phase. And I'd really encourage people. And I'm saying this as I consistently encourage myself, no such thing as perfection, (laughs) pull back from that projection. Even, even that conscious awareness of like, yo, I'm going way too far into the future. Let me, to use your example, let me take a breath Mm -hmm. right now Sometimes that's enough to start connecting you back with that question of like, all right, what is, what do I actually need in this moment? What is the guidance actually trying mm-hmm. to tell me? Yeah. I love that. You're reminding me, <laughs> this is an embarrassing story, but are you down to hear it? <laughs> okay, oh, okay. Obviously. Okay. So I'm, <laughs> I'm engaged to my partner and we were planning a wedding in May of 2021 and at the beginning of this pandemic, when we kind of were like, yeah, we're still totally going to get married in May, 2021, this thing will be over in two weeks. I was having so much anxiety about 
like actually scheduling the thing, right? I like didn't want to sit down with the wedding planner. I didn't want to like make my stupid Pinterest board. I was like, this is dumb, but I want to be excited about this thing, but I'm not excited about it. And I was like, am I not with the right person? Like what's going, what's like up with me? What's my deal? So I talked to my therapist, Adele, she's the best. And I was like, so I don't know if there's like something wrong with me or what. And we got to the point where I was like, I just don't, I want it to be perfect because I want everything to go the right way. And I want everyone to be happy. Ethan, my partner has a brain tumor and has had brain cancer. So this is a moment that a lot of people, he was only supposed to, you know, he has a really bad diagnosis. So a lot of people didn't think he was going to make it to this moment. And it's going to be really important for so many people, us included. And I was just nervous about it going wrong. I wanted it to be perfect. And my therapist was like, it's not going to be like things are going to go wrong and it's still going to be great. It's still going to be a great day. And like your shoe might break and your dress might fall off and the caterer might not come, but it's still going to be a good day. And even if it's a terrible day, it's one day of your life and like, it's okay. You're going to be fine. And that kind of helped me. I mean, kind of help me, but like, yes, it's something I'm still sort of like, you know, rolling over in my brain of like, yeah, things are going to go wrong. Like things are going to go wrong. That's what happens. And it's okay. And I trust that when I know my intuition, I'll know how to navigate those things when they come up, but I can't plan for them. And I like, I can't get, I got to get out of the outcome. Right. I just have to stay in the present. Mm -hmm. So First of all, nothing about that story is embarrassing. That's like such a beautiful like story. Me like not wanting to make a Pinterest so board is like my inner petulant child just being like, fuck this. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, I love that as a visual, but I still think it's a beautiful story. And so the funny irony, maybe irony is not the best word, but like as you're documenting this very real struggle with perfection... Do you remember three more, four years ago, probably when I went to your apartment in Koreatown and you gave me Reiki and you were like, the thing that came through for you was this mantra. Yes. I just got full body chills. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, I adopted that from that. I was like, that mean (laughs) in a moment, not for you, but I was like, God damn it. Like that's so annoying for me. God, that has been my guiding guiding mantra for my whole life. It's like, it's always perfect. It is always perfect. Now that does not mean things are always going to be easy or that there is not going to be road bumps or like very serious things Mm -hmm. that you need to work through, but there is still perfection in it when you can connect to how am I going to show up to this? How can I soften? How can I be more me in this experience? That's how the perfection comes through is like, and that's, that's intuition. It's softening into like Listeners aren't going to be able to see this. It's, but amazing. Like it's an amazing intuitive dance. It's beautiful. <laughs> Amanda is emerging through her hands like a like a baby coming out Thank of the you. womb, but crawling its way out. An embarrassing share on my end. I went on a date with a man in the past few months who uh, assumed that I knew oh. ASL. Oh. I mean, that's cool. I, I wish that, that I did. I flex if you did. Amazing. I know uh, the alphabet, but he was so convinced. He was like, but I've seen your videos and you talk so much with your hands. I just assumed that you were signing. And I was like, Oh, oh. honey, no, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> I wish though. I could have just lied. Yeah, you should have. You should have been like, yeah, I, I, I speak this really interesting dialect of ASL. It's very rare. It's like, you know, sort of like a California slash meets New York yoga thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I channeled it. it. Oh my gosh. And my eyes just rolled to the back of my head so much that it almost hurt, but it didn't because we love a petty eye roll. <laughs> Oh, I we got so many good questions. So a bunch of you texted me questions for Amanda when I was like, oh my God, guess what? I'm talking to Amanda from TikTok. By the way, you guys, Amanda's blowing up on TikTok. It's kind of amazing. I feel like you're oh. everyone's big sister on TikTok because that's where the youths are. That's the energy that I hope to exclusively create. <laughs> I will share my biggest fears. I a, never want to seem like really didactic. Like, this is what I think. And more just like, no, let's all be real people yeah. and talk about this. And like, and I've shared this with you in a separate conversation is the internet is so scary. And I just, I, you know, send it up daily that my content continues to reach people who like want to hear it and never ends up in like the mean commenter's yeah. hands. My soul, it, it, it hurts yeah. thinking about that. But yeah. I'll be fine. It's perfect. <laughs> that's that is <laughs> like I think that's a lot of people's fear of speaking their their yeah. voice having their voice heard on the internet and in places where we lose control of it and where we can lose control mm-hmm. of the narrative really quickly. Places like Twitter and Instagram where people can and TikTok and podcasts whatever. People can take what you say out of context and then Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. It's really scary. It's scary. It's it's a good practice though in like got to be sure of yourself. Like that's the one thing that I keep coming back to is I really believe in what I'm doing and I really want to help people. And like, as long as I'm authentically connecting to like those two flagpoles, even if my feet are like <laughs> flailing in the wind behind me. Yeah. And I think you need, I mean, I, this is my mantra. I'm, I'm great, but I'm not for everybody. Like you're going to have haters and you're going to have people that don't like you and that disagree with you. And they might be very vocal. They might not be, but like, that's just the truth, especially when you're speaking the truth. Yeah, It's polarizing because we live in a middle world, right? Where everything is shades of gray. We have a liar for the president. So it is alarming when someone is speaking something that rings true because we're so used to I don't know, like filtering bullshit all day long. Yeah, totally, totally. But I, I think like for all of us kind of in this space, it's like all the more reason. It's like you actually can't self-minimize right now. You no, got to keep showing That is up. such a good segue actually into a question from one of our texters. This person said, I'm feeling imposter syndrome, which that's what your comment made me, reminded me of like showing, it's just hard to show up period and then be like, what? Mm, who am I to say this thing? And I mean, we could go on a whole conversation around imposter syndrome. I feel like that's a misnomer and imposter syndrome actually is an umbrella term that we use to describe things like low self-worth and anxiety and shame and not enoughness. And if we could unpack those things individually, then we could probably like move through imposter syndrome more quickly, but that's another conversation for another day. So this question was feeling imposter syndrome about being an intuitive because of my anxiety. So this person like knows their intuition, but they have anxiety. And they, they, they just said that it wasn't really a question. It was more like a statement, which I feel like I can, I can like add that to cart. Like I felt that before. What do you do about it? So you like, you, you led us to the water actually with what you were saying before you read the question, which is 
I agree with you. Like imposter syndrome, in the same way, anxiety is not mm. anxiety. Like that's anxiety is an umbrella term right. in the way that I work with it. It's like, uh, uh-uh. it's your fear, shame, self doubt, guilt, grief. It's it's there's other stuff, and it's coming mm. forward as what we are told yeah. is anxiety in most cases. And you know, imposter syndrome is the same thing. So the first step, and again, pull out whatever the thing is. So if it's imposter syndrome of being an intuitive or being in marketing or be, pull, pull it out for a second and get a little bit quiet with yourself. What is the imposter syndrome actually triggering in me? What is the root emotion or fear? And this is a generalization, but I, I believe it rings true is one of the more common fears with uh, intuitives, at least that I've worked with is fear of judgment and fear mm. of being seen. And Judgment is a sneaky little bitch because wherever we, we are afraid, <laughs> we hate her. She's so tacky. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's wherever we think someone is going to judge us, we're already judging 100%. 100%. Yep. So for, for this uh, lovely individual, look at your own self-judgment first and don't try to think about the answer. Feel into the answer to a prompt like, how do I become more self-assured in this work? Or a better phrase, how do I feel more safe to be Mm. in this work? Because safety also takes it out of the brain and into the body. Because safety is a feeling. That that does completely reframe it. How do I feel safe to to do this work? That's nice. I like that. I think another thing about like... I know at least what comes up for me, I have, we all have intuitive capabilities. I'm not a professional intuitive, but I get nervous or I judge myself around being wrong, right? Like, well, what if I'm not intuitive around this thing? Or what if it just turns off tomorrow? Or what if I'm actually not, I'm not that gifted and I'm not omniscient. Like I don't need to be, it's all, I'm going to make mistakes. And something that I say a lot to myself is just intuition is just information And we get to choose what we want to do with that information. And that also means that sometimes our intuition does not lead us down the right path. It's just information. Like we're the ones Mm -hmm. acting on it. So your intuition could say, I don't know, let's say you're, you're dating someone. Your intuition could say like, yes, give you a full body. Yes. But your brain turns that into, he is a, he's the one 100%. He's the one. And that like could be wrong. I don't know. Yes. So I shared this with you. Like, this is one of my bigger pet okay, peeves. Give us your which unpopular is opinion, the, Amanda. Oh, the phrase, and I get where it's coming from. Your intuition will never lead you astray. And I'm going to yes and the hell out of that because it's, 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 it's a reduction. Like it's, I shared with you, it's like the idea of like love and light only like, honey, just because you are listening to the information, the ins- inside information of your intuition, it doesn't mean that, oh, now all of the pieces are in place. Now it's all easy. Sometimes your intuition is going to lead you directly into a shithole. And yes, there might be a, a lesson or two that you need in there or something that you pick up along the way. And that might, it's not not your intuition, right? So like, I, that's a big watch out, I think. And I'll speak to my former <laughs> self of like, Amanda, 
it's still your intuition, even if like, you know, it didn't work out. You needed that information. Blanket statements like that are, they're just not it. Like that's not it, fam. Like, no, that's not it. And like, (laughs) I really want those things to be true. Like I really want it. It should be easy. Like I would love for that to be true. That's not always true, but like we're, you know, sometimes it's hard. And also it's not always hard. Sometimes it's easy, but like you guys, these are blanket statements that are like, they're not, they're not right. They're not right all the time. They're, I love easy and hard. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about because easy and hard. She's getting worked up. <laughs> that, was, that was a, that was an actual cough, by the way. That wasn't me like, <laughs> um, although the timing was, was impeccable, <laughs> but like, and man, I see this so much with, with client work is we love binary Oh my God. Options. I like, love either an either or. or. I love an either or. Like, let me live there. It, uh, <laughs> I, it's a deep love-hate relationship because it's just, it, it's not real. But with the word easy, oh, it's, it's incredible because yes, things, I don't believe in that binary easy or hard. And yet you can take the idea or the feeling of ease and bring it into your body for the hard things. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean it's it's going to be, you know, cupcakes and sunshine out there. But if you can bring yourself into a state of, I mean, grace is actually a better mm-hmm. word is I'm not going to muscle through the struggle. I'm going to actually like surrender or flow into it. That's a state of ease internally. But still, that's also not black or white because that's, talk about an intuitive practice. It's what does ease feel like in my body? Mm-hmm. What if I authentically experience that? How can I continue to cultivate that, you know? Yeah. And if you're rolling your eyes at the idea of rest or ease and having that in your body, baby love, you got to, you got to, you got to find it as someone who really didn't want to do that and would rather like literally signed up for an ultra marathon and became a marathon runner. So I didn't have to find ease in my life. You got to, you got to know where that lives because that's like a landing spot that you should be able to return to. You don't have to live there. No. I mean, I, I remember this like now beautiful, but at the time horrible moment where I was crawling out of one of those holes as I was receiving coaching and my coach asked me like, man, I mean, you got to have fun. Like, what do you like to do for fun? And Mm -hmm. I had no clue. I was like work. And it, I mean, really like knocked me out. I was like, who the hell am I becoming? And an amazing intuitive practice was you can adopt this like newness. It's like, wow, I really have to like baby and reteach myself right now. And how does a baby respond? They either cry or they like move towards something. Mm. They don't have language. So I <laughs> sometimes quite literally, if this thing is making me cry, <laughs> my intuition is saying, no, no, no. <laughs> and if uh, it makes me interested and fun, maybe I'll do that painting class again or whatever, you know? Cool. I like that. Also, I feel like that, that varies based on your human design type. What human design type are you? Mm. I'm a manifesting generator. Oh, yeah. So you, your invitation is to respond, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. That really checks out for you. I know. It's funny because it, I thought, not that I felt disconnected from it, but I would say in the past year, it's really, really proven to be true is like that invitation of my work specifically. It's like, okay, now, 
that was one of my hesitations. I was like, I don't, do people want an anxiety coach? Like, is my work needed? Where now oh I'm like, God. no, no, it's needed. <laughs> like uh, literally a million views on TikTok later. You're like, yeah. So I think people are into it. I don't know. I, I guess it's this. like it's resonating <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's so weird. <laughs> well, once the invitation is there, like full blown can like roll and create just, it, you know, need a little bit of that invite. What are you? I don't think I know this. I'm a projector. I am. Wow. Yeah, I know. I think that I like to think that I'm like a bit antithetical to all of my signs and things like, you know, I'm a Pisces. I'm a triple water, Pisces sun, cancer rising, Scorpio moon. I'm a projector, but I like, I think I'm pretty pragmatic and like practical and like I don't get tired. So I'm not really, I don't like feel that projector thing, but I do, I do actually really resonate with most of my chart stuff. Yeah. It's fascinating. And I, I, I will say what I like about human design is like, as much as I love and bleed astrology, (laughs) there's so much, there's just so much. And with human design, it's like, great. You can get your, your quadrant or I guess five technically, right? So not a quadrant, whatever the five version of that is. I don't know. Numbers. Shapes. <laughs> shapes and numbers, not. I am a communication major. Like I'm a dance major, so like, it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. You guys, we like working if feelings. we can figure out how to have businesses, you can have, you can figure out how to have a business. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Do you ever have moments where you're like, doing your work or maybe something really hard. And you're like, is this me driving this ship currently? Literally every day. I literally (laughs) went to school to roll around on the ground. Like that is what I went to school for. (laughs) So there, yes. But I also do think that art school really prepared me to be an entrepreneur, like, and also prepared me to be intuitive because all that we were doing all day long was checking in with ourselves and checking in, especially with our bodies and how our bodies felt. Every single class, every single morning, we would sit in a circle. (laughs) This is in college. And my teacher would say, what's your positive thought of the day and how are you feeling? And sometimes that's all we would do for our hour and a half long dance class because someone would be like going through it. And we just like hug them and be there with them that I would be as well. It's really amazing. I recommend everyone go to NYU for dance. It was truly incredible. Like I don't... Unbelievable. I don't think did as not that I'm like so well adjusted, but I think that I survived a lot of weird things that happened to me and weird trauma that I went through because of majoring in dance and that experience and being held in that way. I can't even imagine. I mean, that's so incredible to hear. And I, I to be like at a younger stage to receive that, like. I mean, our college experiences were very different. That was certainly not a conversation that was had. I did find a container, which was dropping into yoga teacher training. But I think like the kind of elephant in the room is like you and I selected these opportunities like that forced you, whether you realized it was part of it or not, forced you to actually start checking in. I think what we're realizing now is like, no, it can't be sequestered to like opt-in experiences like a teacher training or I'm going to college for dance. It's like, this is a human need to check in and to drop into that deeper listening. 
it's just not taught as it should be in kindergarten. It mo- mm. Listen, I'm sure there's great teachers, but yeah, no, know. it's it's really not. And I got really lucky, but I had I started having seizures before I went to NYU, and my seizures and my epilepsy were never tied to any sort of neurological issue or anatomical issue. And as soon as I started listening to my body and getting to know my intuition more is when my, my seizures, you know, started to cease and eventually seeing an intuitive practitioner one time, like I walked out of a session and I never had another seizure again, but I really do think that that was information from my intuition and I wasn't listening And my intuition was like, well, fuck you. We're just going to like turn your whole body off and then we'll see if you pay attention. And I was like, I don't really want to. (laughs) Yeah. But that comes up. I mean, I'm sure you see this with the clients that you work with. Like if we don't listen to our intuition, it manifests as something else in our bodies. Again, that visual of like the mini version of you, like sitting somewhere in between your heart space and like maybe solar plexus just chilling and like running around. If you're not feeding her good stuff, she's going to make a ton of noise until you pay attention. And what's interesting is I've, I've also seen it on the other side of the spectrum. Like there's there's been a bunch of clients. I certainly fell into this category where my body was not responding positively. Mm-hmm. I was like, I haven't gotten sick more than like a teeny cold in like four yeah. years. There was a four-year period prior to that where I was maybe calling out of work one to three times a week. And I, it wasn't like, sometimes it was depression call out, but sometimes it was full blown. Like I am sick again. Whoa. That's Um, a lot. Even in startup world. That's a lot. Yeah. Where we have have unlimited vacation, quote unquote, unlimited vacation days when you work Uh in startups. And it basically just means like, you're kind of never allowed to take vacation, but it looks really good (laughs) when you're signing your like papers that you're going (laughs) to join the company. You're like, oh my God, I can work whenever I want. And they're like, JK, no, you're not. Because peer pressure. (laughs) You can go on a vacation, but we're going to work you to the bone. (laughs) Exactly. You must be tethered to your computer while you're doing whatever you're doing, you know, remotely. (laughs) It's horrific. So there's the strong physical symptoms. And then, because I I feel like that not everyone resonates with that. I've also worked with a lot of people who have no symptoms, Mm -hmm. quote unquote symptoms. I'm thinking of one client in particular. She was the first person I had worked with like this, where one of the intro questions is like, all right, where are you feeling what in your body? Like, where do you think your anxiety comes up the most? And she was like, I don't feel it anywhere. It's all in my head. And I was like, okay, great. So what I want you to do is monitor for the next, you know, X amount of days. Like, here's how you monitor and the whole thing. And she came back within two or three days and she was like, holy fuck, I, I feel it everywhere. Yeah, all the time, probably. I feel it everywhere. But it's, we've, we've grown so accustomed to what our body quote unquote, we think it's supposed to feel mm-hmm. like we, we don't have a, a fair reference point for what like feeling good can feel like. Totally. That was, it's so funny you say that because that was something that I learned at school after we do our little circle, we would lay on the ground for like, you know, 30 minutes and we'd lay in an X and we'd let our body sink into the ground and just feel what was coming up. 
I'd like never really done that before. And I remember the first or second day of school, all of a sudden feeling my stomach in so much pain and then feeling like my back. And it was like, I came alive and all the things that I'd been ignoring for so long and the parts of my body that I'd never thought about, you know, in between my fingers and the backs of my elbows and, you know, the nape of my neck that were touching the ground or feeling sensation. I'd never really experienced that before. It was like they didn't exist. And it was like, it was like going through another dimension and all of a sudden being in a human body and being like, oh my God, this is really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And direct parallel to the work of intuition. That's it. It's, we get quiet, maybe notice for the first time or the first time in like a, a really visceral way. And sometimes it's going to bring up, ooh, there's actually some pain associated with this intuitive guidance right now. And it's one of those things you can't turn off, right? Once, once you see it and know that it's there, like, I mean, you can like try to turn yeah, you it can off, attempt but it, my dude, you can totally try, but you will not succeed. 25 year old me. I was the queen of turning my head to my intuition. Pour me a drink or whatever. My intuition is perfect as is my relationship, <laughs> as is my job. No change necessary. Everything's great. Everything's great. My life is Instagram. That's it. Ugh, ugh. We can't open that. Tangent, no, no. So I know we're like already over the time that I, I was like, oh, this I is know. just feeling a casual 30 minutes. No big deal. Super, maybe even 20. When you sent the notes over, I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, you guys, we have like a lot of notes. We've got a lot of notes here. We might have to do a follow up episode for actually, we should definitely do a follow up episode. I'm down. Also, like, it just, this doesn't feel like a, a bland request. It's just like us like talking shit and hanging out. This so it's the pretty best. much it. We both have wine. Like it's, we're just enjoying Perhaps. ourselves, you know? Yes. All of the things, this is all true. So to wrap up the intuition versus or intuition slash anxiety, basically, where did we land? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like well, we, we had a lot of tidbits, but like, I don't think you can do it right. I think that's where we landed. Like you got to figure out what your, we can't tell you what intuition versus anxiety feels like for you. We can't tell you what it feels like and it's not going to be linear. Like there aren't, there aren't steps. There is trying. That's all it is. And being very open and receptive to where it might lead without that like veil or expectation that it's going to be perfect where it leads you. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, Again, that idea of like eat uh, that feeling of ease, even if you're moving into the fire, because you know that you're moving in the right direction for whatever reason, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. That was really smart what you just said. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I think that all the time about everything you say. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. So embarrassing. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I won't. <laughs> Oh man. And like, I just, I feel like everyone is worried that they're the only person with anxiety and they're the only person who's like, not sure a hundred percent about their intuition. And like, you're not. And I think if you're a hundred percent positive about your intuition all the time, you might be a little delusional. You know, I say this to clients all the time. Like if you meet someone, coach, therapist, doctor, practitioner, or otherwise, who's like, I'm 100% healed and 100% happy Run all the away, time. They're and a cult leader. They're liars. <laughs> and, they're, 
but the other thing he said too, like everyone is in their head about their anxiety and or intuition. Everyone's like, is this thought or feeling normal? What I will say as someone who has worked with at this point, hundreds of people, the most common intro phrase is, Amanda, I know you're going to think this is crazy, but, (laughs) and everyone says the same things. So whatever your craziest, most anxious, most self-deprecating, doubtful thought is, I promise you, you are not alone in it. And your thoughts are not sequestered to like the type of person you are, the type of profession. These anxious thoughts span every type of person you can imagine. And we are all thinking and feeling the same thing. So it's like, you might not get into someone's head, but I do want you to at least run under that assumption. Like if I'm thinking it like millions of other people are too. So you are not at all alone. That is so right. And it's actually really comforting to remember that like you are not original. No, I'm sorry not to be a Debbie Downer. Um, (laughs) It's true. But like, this is what archetypes are, right? And this is why I'm obsessed with archetypes because they've existed for millennia. As long as human beings have been around, we sort ourselves into archetypes. They are part of the collective unconscious. And that means that someone else who was a rebel, who experienced the rebel archetype, went through pretty much all the same shit that you're going through, like, but without Wi-Fi. And so you're not that special. Like your, your predicament is not like the first predicament anyone's ever had ever in the world. Like you are special, of course, but like, it's okay. You're not the first to go through this and you will not be the last. And that should kind of make you feel better because people have survived it. So you will too. I like to adopt a bitchy self check in tone with myself, (laughs) would never bring this to people I work with. But for me, I'm like, come the fuck on, Amanda. Like, who do you think you are right now? Like, stop being so dramatic and bring it back down to neutral for a second, okay? That's like how the Akashic Records talk, in my experience. Yeah, 100%. Like, I wouldn't use the word bitchy, but they're, like, unaffected. You know, they're like, your emotions are whack, dude. Like, you need to cool it. And, yeah, they're like, why are you freaking out? Like, just chill out. It's because they have a 100-mile perspective, right? And they're like... Why are you freaking out about meeting a dude? Your soulmate's like five minutes away. Just freaking chill out, you know, or, or a dude or a lady or whoever, right? Like whatever, you're fine. Just stop freaking. And it's kind of nice to just get that like cut and dry perspective. Sometimes, sometimes you want to be coddled, but most of the time it's just like nice to know where you stand. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. So on that note, we do this thing at the end of the podcast called Screenshotted, where we share the things that we are obsessing over in the week. And the reason that it's called Screenshotted is because I have a really bad filing system on my phone and I just screenshot things I like. My phone albums are really, really weird. But I'd love to hear from you, Amanda. What are you screenshotting this week or loving or thinking about? So I have a product, actually, and it came in Amazon today, although I screenshotted it yesterday. Say Goodnight to Insomnia, which is a book that I'm reading slash doing some research on. Um, Interesting. Insomnia is scary. It's scary. And I'm noticing a a significant upward trend in the like weird catch 22 of sleep anxiety, Mm. where it's like, I'm anxious that I'm not getting sleep. Now I'm not sleeping. And now it's a week later and my REM cycles are all Mm. screwy. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to like study that a little bit more on the, (laughs) on the personal side. I very recently, as in like maybe two hours ago, screenshotted and fully downloaded a TikTok that, (laughs) so the intro is like, you've heard about car guys. You've heard about 
horse girls, and even Disney adults. But why are we having the conversation about floor people? The people who you'll offer them a chair and they will act oh, and always on the floor. Yes. I'm a floor person. <laughs> you are a floor person. I know that about you. Yeah. I'm a, I don't care. I want to be on the ground. That's it. And I was like, I didn't know I needed to be seen in this capacity. <laughs> so there was that. Wow. Uh, amazing. Incredible. And then I'm actually quite angry at this because Instagram has updated and changed where the like button was to the shopping button. Yeah. That happened a little while ago for me. And it's I, a fascinating move. It's fascinating UX UI move. You know, I love that shit. Oh, I know. Fascinating, brilliant on their end, on a consumer end. I'm like, that is so manipulative. However, have I been scrolling for mm. beautiful gemstone rings that I don't need? 100%. I have like already saved to my phone. So what kind of gemstone are you going for? Are you going for like just aesthetics only, or are you going for like, you know, properties? So I, I have enough like properties things that I'll like stuff in the bra or in a pocket. You know, when I, on the rare occasion, I would adopt a bra for my body. <laughs> right. Very rare. I was going to say bras, but brassieres. <laughs> I haven't heard that in 25 years. I don't know. <laughs> what is a brassiere? <laughs> I would like aesthetics. Actually, I used you. I hope that's okay. As oh an, an example of when long, maybe a year or two ago, you were sharing like an insight you had about how are you dressing for your soul and like using that as an expression. And I, I mean, I work on a computer in my jammies all the time. And I was like, mm, Amanda, like you should probably allow that like more fun, light mm-hmm. airy side to come through more. So I'm thinking more like opal, like beautiful, lots of colors Ooh. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a really interesting. We could circle back on that conversation later, but dressing and what, like how our st- our personal style and how it really does affect like how we show up in the world. And yeah, that's another thing I talk to my therapist about. We talk a lot, <laughs> but she, I mean, you know, my thought process around it was I want people to see me and know who I am and feel like they know me. Mm-hmm. And I really want to project who I am through the way that I dress. It's important to me that people know what they're getting. And my therapist was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's like, okay, this is, why I pay you, this is why I pay you the big bucks, Adele. And she's like, why does it matter what people think of you? And I was like, fuck, God damn it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you got me. Damn it. You're so good. <laughs> you are you did you go to school for this because you are really good <laughs> yeah and then we really went into how it was a bit of a codependent move on my part mm. to like want to make it as easy as possible for people to see me yeah but really I don't have any control over how people see me they're gonna see me however they want and what I should care about is if I feel like I'm being true to myself and it doesn't matter if I show up wearing sweatpants to a boardroom meeting, <laughs> a boardroom meeting. That's not even a thing. Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> I work business. <laughs> like people are going to think whatever they want to think, regardless of what my attire looks like. And while it might sort of color their opinion of me at first, eventually they're just going to, they're going to make their own decisions about me and uh, I can't control that. So I'm just passing that tidbit along to you in case it is useful or helpful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think like it's more, how do I, I, I dressed t- 
typically like I'm thinking younger self, like by default, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's like cute. And like, it's, you know, it is reactionary. It's like, oh, I like that right now. But it's yeah. like, mm, do I like it like literally right now in this five minutes? Or do I like this because totally. it feels like me? Yes, yes. And that's a, I've, this is totally pertains to our intuition conversation of like, yeah. is this me? Do I actually like this thing beyond other people telling me I should like it? Or like fast, it being what I can buy at a fast fashion store, which is like what we can afford when we're younger, right? And right now I'm wearing a sweatshirt that my husband made. And I'm also wearing a silk leopard print skirt that you can't see. But this is like really the vibe that I want to go for all the time. And then I wore dance go clogs for when I had to go out and vote today. So... I don't know if I'm like the pinnacle of fashion, but I'm definitely the pinnacle of like myself. I feel like you're the pinnacle of fashion. Also, we're rocking like mirroring vibes right now. I'm just not wearing a skirt, but I have some little flippies on, some soft <laughs> flippies. And actually, not that people will be able to see this, but you'll be able to see this. How sick is this sweatshirt? It's That's a cool. snake, roses wrapped around the female symbol made by Girl Gang Craft in Oakland, California, Ooh, which is a lovely cool. collective of a bunch of different creative women. Just the best. People we'll link to me on this. Maybe, maybe they'll still have the shirt and we'll link to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. If not, they have like other incredible stuff. They have other shirts. Mm-hmm. Abundance. Right. There's oh at least hashtag, more. Hashtag abundance. No more scarcity mindset. <laughs> Fabulous. Do you want me to share what I screenshotted with you this I week? would love to. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> the first thing that I'm like really obsessed with, because I told you my note taking system is already like kind of shitty, but... I really rely on notes whenever I'm creating stuff. I don't like to work from scratch and I never work from a blank slate or a blank page. So I'll go and look at notes from books that I've read or like what I've highlighted in my Kindle, yada, yada. And what I am loving is this podcast app called Air, A-I-R-R. Wow, that was a little too hard for me to spell. And it's a podcast app where you can listen to a podcast and then you can basically press this little button when you hear something you like and it pulls the quote for you and it, it pulls the text. Yes, it's super fucking cool. So they have transcriptions of all these podcasts, every podcast that comes out and it's really sweet. And then it saves wow. it to my Notion, which is like Notion is my my company Bible. So like it's my note-taking app and it's really cool. So I'm obsessed with that and it's it's fueling my podcast addiction. Wow. Also, isn't that cool? That is so that that's like a huge problem solve for totally so many of my clients. I'm I'm literally gonna like send out a mass email after this. Be like, <laughs> hey, all of y'all who are like, I can't remember this podcast, but they said something good, use this app and now we can remember the quote. Yes. It's really good. It's like, you know, I take so many notes. I actually have a problem kind of with the audiobook app. What is that one called again? Audible? Yeah. Audible. I like, I, I don't like the note-taking system in Audible because I take notes in books all the time, especially audiobooks. And it's like not that great, but this one is fantastic. So strong recommend on that. I'm also loving this woman named Steffi Lorette on Instagram. She's a graphic designer who makes fucking sick graphics that are like sort of wellness adjacent and they're like dark and spooky, very Scorpio Pluto energy, which is my vibe. I don't really like like the white minimalism aesthetic. So I'm into that. And I'm also into the My Goals 90 Day Journal where you like work on 
towards a goal for 90 days, but I didn't actually buy the journal. I've used it in the past. (laughs) I've used it in the past, but they're from Australia. So they take like three weeks to get here. So I just made like a janky version in, and it's not actually janky in notion for myself. So if you want it, just like shoot me a text. I'll put the, my phone number at the bottom of the show notes and I'll send you my version of the My Goals Journal 90-day thing. Amanda, I'll send it to you if you like. Oh, please. I'm already bought in. <laughs> How are you? you know what's interesting though is are you the kind of person who, if you get a 90-day journal, like will you commit to the full 90 days or the 90-day plan, whatever? <laughs> you know 90, what 90 days, yes. Because I really like working in sprints mm. and that, that matches up with my quarterly goals. So that's the, that's the reason I would get that right. It's like, yeah. it's October. So I'm working on my quarterly goals through the end of the year for the business. And like, I like having something getting in the cadence of like checking in on those goals yeah. or else I feel like they get away from us. And yeah. this journal happens to be like really beautiful. And I think it's a female founded company. I don't know. It's great. But if you don't want to wait 12 days to get it from Australia, you can have my, <laughs> my, my digital version on notion. Wow. I love that. I love when something is beautiful and also incredibly functional. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I'll probably order a bunch of their stuff for me and for my team because they work really well and they're not like, you know how some planners are kind of give you stress. Yeah. Like I'm like, this is too much, too many things. Like there's too many tabs here. That's not what these are like. They're, they're like, they're, they're great. They're streamlined, but also still lovely. My dream. I can't wait. Truly. (laughs) You've been influenced. There we go. An influence, it's crazy. <laughs> Another pet word, but oh my god, yeah, not I mean, today. we could have like a hundred follow up episodes, so maybe you'll just be like a regular guest that comes back. This was so fun, thank so you fun. so much for chatting with me and like you know, dropping all your wisdom tidbits on us. Thank you. I, you know, I love chatting with you, it feels like we're just kind of talking to, with, and sometimes at in the best way possible each other. <laughs> It's just always so lively and wonderful and just love it. So thank you. Me too. Amanda, how can people find you? Oh, that's a great question. So my website is, it should be ready. The link still works. It's just like ugly if you're looking at it right <laughs> now on October 20th. <laughs> but after like the 30th, it's going to be real cute. So exciting. AmandaHugginsCoaching.com. First name, last name. That'll eventually be the hub, but come find me on TikTok. Amanda, the anxiety coach. She's famous on there. Ugh, I hate that. She's verified. I hate that. <laughs> no, please. I love it. It's like the modern day equivalent of like royalty. Like oh you are Princess Die. You're the Princess Die of TikTok. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> oh man well this is so fun thanks amanda for being just a fucking baller cool person and just shooting from the hip i appreciate you appreciate you too my friend i'll talk to you soon okay bye all right and that's our show you can learn more about amanda at amandahugginscoaching.com or you can find her on tiktok at amanda the anxiety coach i'll add all her other socials into our show notes you can go follow her she's just so fun. What a delight. And Amanda so generously is offering the 12th house listeners 20% off her relationship anxiety course when you use the code holisticism20 at checkout. 
This course was specifically created for those who lean towards having an anxious attachment style. I'm raising my hand. So that's just super sweet and delightful of her. If you sign up for it, let me know. And thanks for listening to the pod. If you give us a rating or you review us and you subscribe to the podcast, that really helps us get found and discovered by other people. And we so appreciate it. We've been working on this for a while and we are just so excited to bring the 12th house into the world. So anything you can do to share the love really means a lot to us. And if you leave a rating on Apple or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts, take a screenshot and then shoot me a text at 818-699-9735. I will send you back a little special surprise. That is literally a number that goes directly to me. I will get your text message. So if you take, if you end up reviewing this podcast and you take a screenshot of your review, you'll get something sweet. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the internet. Thank you.